Well, happy 4th of July. It happens pretty often, about every seven years, I guess, that the 4th of July is on a Sunday. And it's a great opportunity for us to get together all as one. And of course, we're here to worship God in this place. And the 4th of July is about celebrating the Declaration of Independence. And as I think about 4th of July, I sort of have this stream of thought. I think about the chutzpah that these people had to declare independence from the most powerful country in the world at the time. They, they did it with faith, with courage, um, and really not knowing the outcome of what this was going to be. And then I think about the freedom that we get to experience because of their courage and their vision. And, and then I also think about all the people who died. That we can be free. I was watching uh, yesterday, the Band of Brothers, the HBO special. It's about Easy Company, the 101st Airborne. I, I've buried a, a guy who was a screaming eagle. In my life, I have had the privilege of burying numerous World War II veterans. I've buried sailors, I've buried fighter pilots, I've buried Marines. And there's two that really stand out to me. The, the first, they were actually both Marines, but the first, uh, he was a CB, which means he was a combat engineer, and, and he was in every major battle in the South Pacific. And, and he worked around the Texas City area, and he was an engineer, and he had a reputation for being able to fix anything. Give him some bubble gum, some baling wire, and he could fix it. And he was at Guadalcanal, which was just one of the worst battles that happened in the South Pacific, in one of the worst places. There's like volcanic ash everywhere. And he just finally had had it. And he told his commanding officer, he said, sir, if you will just give me an ironing board and an egg beater, I will make my way home. And had it not been a dereliction of duty, I have no doubt that man could have done it. I got to bury him. It was a privilege. And the second one that, that really sticks with me, I told you this story about this man who was in a lot of pain and wanted to die. And so I prayed with him to die, and then I went on vacation, I came back, and there he was in the coffee shop the next day. <laughs> kind of my Lazarus story, right? Well, the same man in that same conversation was in great pain, and he was, in, he was drugged up, and he was terrified. Terrified that God would not forgive him for what he had done. He too had been in the South Pacific. And he, he told me, 
said, you don't know the things I have done. And in my head, I added, in defense of my freedom. And I assured him that he had made peace with God about this long ago. And that God had indeed already forgiven him. You know, I count myself as an extremely fortunate man. Probably the luckiest in the world. I mean, I had the good fortune to be born in the United States of America. Second, I had the good fortune to be born in the great state of Texas. And third, I found and married the love of my life. (laughs) And have a beautiful family. To live in the United States means that we have a level of freedom that is unrivaled in all the world. It, It is a gift. It is a gift that is not free. People have, throughout generations in America, paid the price that we might remain free. I used to Uber a fair amount before the pandemic, and I would always ask my Uber driver where they were from if I could tell they weren't Native American or even a Native Texan. So where are you from? And I've had the opportunity to talk to people that came from China, from Iraq, from Iran, from Turkey, from Russia. All of them, all of them are amazed at the level of freedom that we have in America. And they so covet it. Because they know what it's, not, what it's like to not be free. And how much do we take that freedom for granted? As Americans, we have a level of freedom that is literally unprecedented in the world. The history of the world. But also as followers of Christ, we have freedom in Christ. We are free from the worries of sin and death. Paul tells us about that as he writes to the church at Rome. The eighth chapter, verses one through five. Hear these words. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit 
set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And then I want to remind us what Jesus says in John 15. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So in this text, Paul is talking to us about the freedom that comes to us in Christ. Oh, what a gift. And this gift comes to us through the, the birth, the life, the death, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus. Because he paid our price for sin, we're no longer condemned by our sins. We, we no longer fear death. Death is not an enemy. Death is not the end. Death is a new beginning for us. And it is because of that sacrifice paid by Jesus that we are, in fact, free in Christ. Just as freedom isn't free, so our freedom in Christ does not come without cost. Of course, Jesus paid the cost for our sin, that we might be forgiven, that we might not have to die. But there's also a cost to us. And that's by choosing freedom in Christ, we choose to live by the Spirit, not the flesh. It means that we choose to live but by Jesus' commandments to love our neighbor, to love our God. That's the cost of this freedom that we have in Christ, this freedom from sin and death, is that we choose to be a follower of Jesus. That doesn't mean, like they did at the church in Corinth, that we get to just run around doing whatever we want because we're forgiven. Woo! No. To receive this gift of freedom in Christ means that we give our lives over to Jesus. That we make our bodies a living sacrifice to Christ. So if I asked you, who are you? Who is Rick Cade? Who is Ben Pruitt? What would you respond? Probably with something like, I work here, or I'm a preacher, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a father, or a grandfather, or about to be a grandfather. Because I'm asking the question and I've actually thought about it, you know how I would respond? I am a child of the Most High God who died for me, that I might be forgiven of my sins and live forever. The truth of it is that, that we actually, all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, have dual citizenship. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And we are citizens of the United States of America. 
In your mind, how do you rank those? I have to tell you, this, this is my ranking. I am first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now, you might laugh at this second one, but first and foremost, number two, I'm a Texan. And number three, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. But for us who have this freedom in Christ, it means that we are first and foremost citizens of the kingdom of God. Before we are anything, we are a child of the most high God who died that we might be forgiven of our sins and live forever. That's your identity as a follower of Jesus, first and foremost. And look, the truth is we are many things. I mean, so many funerals I've done, we've talked about a father, a brother, a son, a soldier, a preacher, whatever they are. We are so many things to so many people in our world. But first and foremost, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, a child of the most high God. As Americans, we have un unprecedented freedom, unique in the world's history, bought and paid for by the blood of our fellow Americans. We have freedom in Christ, freedom from the law of sin and death, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus the Christ. We are the beneficiaries of both of these sacrifices. What are we gonna do with it? How are we gonna protect it? How are we going to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, with our friends, to those who are not yet free from the law of sin and death? As we go from this place, let us remember always, first, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And as we this day celebrate the freedom that we have in America, let us never forget that both forms of freedom have been bought and paid for by others. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for those with the courage to defend our freedoms. We thank you especially for the courage of Christ, for his willingness to do your will, to be crucified that we might be free, free from sin, and free from the worry of death. Father, make us bold.
to go forth and to share this good news with the people around us. Let this church become a beacon of love and hope for this community in which they can see the light of Christ shining in each one of us. That they too may become free in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.